Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Look, we should all be mad. A woman is dead, died at the hands of somebody. A vehicle hit and killed this woman and then fled the scene. Somebody is responsible for the death of this woman. And at this point, nobody is facing any charges. No one, it seems, well, in all likelihood, will ever be held accountable. So we should be mad. But who are we mad at? We mad at the cops? We mad at the judge? We mad at the system? Who deserves the brunt of our criticism here? There's a line, folks. Look, cops are going to do what they can to get people to talk. But there's obviously a line. If the cops had said to this guy, look, your lawyer just called and he told us this and that and it's all a lie, then we got a big problem. You know, if the cops say, hey, come on, you can talk to us. Is that crossing a line? Did, was this guy's rights violated? I mean, that's a serious uh, level to get to. To say that we had an accused in custody and we violated his constitutional rights. Is that what happened here? When they said to him, look, what does your lawyer care whether you get charged, don't get charged? all about a paycheck to him. If your lawyer tells you to shut up, don't say anything, you should probably listen to him. Let's see what Cliff has to say. Cliff, welcome to the program. Well, it's a great tragedy for the family. There's no question. Um, I, I'm upset with... Uh, the fact that the, the, the police uh, could do no better than stoop to those tactics, that, that, that extracting a confession was the best they could do to establish the culpability there. Um, I, I totally applaud the judge, the judge's repudiation in, in that opinion. And I don't want to use the word the judge felt this or that. The judge ruled um, in, 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 in the opinion that, I, as I heard it on the news, that... Um, that they've done a couple of things that they can't do. You can't interfere with their client, uh, the lawyer-client relationship, uh, which is what they did. I mean, the the method was to discredit the lawyer, or, uh, his opinion and stuff. Yeah. But also, uh, it's not the business of the police to speculate, let alone promise uh, the uh, the sentencing uh, severity. That's uh, at the very least, it's the crown prosecutor's office, uh, I would think, in the way of plea bargaining or. Uh, and certainly uh, the judge who's rendering the sentence. And so, I mean, I'm just appalled that this is the best the police could do. They, that's all they had was was a, a confession. I mean, it's not true to say that nobody got charged for this. They did. And it failed. And in the larger view, what happened, that, that the police were effectively slapped down and very publicly and very shamefully um, this occurred, um, I I think that the the victim of excuse me the family of the victim should be outraged, but not at the not at the court, but at the police. Okay, Cliff, thank you for the phone call. Cliff's putting this on the cops that they were a little too eager to get a confession. Look, I'm sure anybody investigating a crime on any police force in this country would love to have a confession fall into their lap. Makes things pretty cut and dry, but if you go too far, that becomes worthless, and then what do you got? 
As we see here, nothing. Dusty, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you today? Real good, thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, so 10 years ago, my brother was kissing around on Deerfoot and uh, died of his injuries. And sitting through the trial just to have somebody, a judge, decide that the person was not guilty when they had actually confessed to the driving the vehicle and they defended themselves by the same thing. I thought I hit a deer or didn't know what I did. Right. And we sat through that whole thing listening to it. And at the end, the judge said that they weren't responsible for it. So I, w I wonder why anybody would ever tell the truth when they hit somebody because they don't prosecute you. You just, you get to walk free as long as you, as long as you lie. And as far as the cops coercing this guy into confessing, everyone knows they don't have to talk. And if the cops got him to talk, I don't see why that got thrown out. Okay, Dusty, appreciate that. Uh, so Dusty's point is that, look, his lawyer told him not to talk. The advice was there. It was up to him to, to follow that advice or not, and he chose not to. But was he duped into ignoring the advice? Let's see what Chris has to say. Chris, welcome to the program. Well, I agree with your not the last caller, and my condolences to him and his family for his tragedy, but the previous caller, it lays on the police. They know what's within the bounds. These uh, guys are professionals. They do this often uh, when interviewing people. They tell them their rights. But uh, to coerce a guy and to make him doubt his, law his lawyer, you know, we have a criminal justice system that has rules to be followed, and the judge has rules to be followed, too. And the judge ruled that what they did was out of the bounds, and that particular part of the criminal case was going to be tossed. Now, unfortunately, it's a confession, uh, but having said that, I'm sure they're going to regroup and look at other facets of the of the uh, evidence and uh, come back with the same type of a conclusion and then have to proceed that way. And there's got to be evidence showing this guy was in his car. This is where he was. This is what was going on. So I don't think we've heard the end of this. Yeah, that's a good point, Chris. Appreciate the phone call. Look, police are going to deal with hit and run cases. Uh, and you got to assume in every case you're not going to get a confession. The accused isn't just going to break down and say, hey, I did it. So you got to investigate the crime. you got to gather evidence. So to suggest that hit-and-run cases, well, what are you going to do? Unless the guy confesses, we can't investigate. Sure you can. How do you know what vehicle it was? Who saw it? Who witnessed it? Did you find this vehicle? Is there evidence uh, of the collision happening? Who was driving the vehicle? It seemed to me that you could piece a case together that way. Initially, this guy even conceded that it was his car, but claimed that it was stolen. Is there any evidence for that? Where was this guy? Can people place him somewhere? All right, a lot of texts coming in on this as well. Uh, this one says, when I break the law, I'm held accountable, whether it's through a fine or jail. But when the police break the law, who is held accountable? It's the victim that's re-victimized. I hope the family files a civil suit against the CPS. Another text here says, regarding the judge throwing out the confession, CPS was not incompetent. They had beaten the man for a confession. That would be admissible. The accused has the right to be silent. The police have a right to ask the questions. The victim has the right to see justice done. I am mad at that judge. This one from Eric, though, says the police were leading him. They were mis or rather manipulating him. They were watching too many police shows. They were com incompetent and unprofessional. Justice was served. It's unfortunate someone died, but I'm thankful we don't live in a police state. Not from Eric. 
Another one along the same lines. I hope the officers that caused this will be fired immediately, obviously incompetent. This guy gets away with what's essentially murder. No justice. It's disgusting. Justin, on the other hand, says, wow, these people that are so critical of the police, I would like to see them sit in a jail cell in another country and say then how our cops violate someone's rights for pressuring them to talk when someone has died. Well, hopefully, if nothing else, this case will give us uh, some further clarity uh, uh, around how far police can go in trying to elicit a confession from somebody. Now, when you dangle that possible light sentence over their head, as, as a previous caller said, the cops don't get to decide what the sentence is for somebody. But it's probably not unreasonable to say, look, a judge is going to look more favorably on someone who is seen to have been cooperating, who is acknowledging his culpability and is willing to help police in their investigation. Is it unreasonable to point that out? What about the the lawyer? That was probably unnecessary. That seemed to be a turning point in the interrogation, though. The lawyer gives his advice. The police are free to point out that, look, it's up to you. If you want to talk to us, you can talk to us. If you want to follow the advice of your lawyer, that's your decision. But we're here. We'll talk to you. If you want to have a conversation with us, that's still your call to make. Maybe that wouldn't have been unreasonable. So this judge is not necessarily the final word on the matter. And and I suspect at this point, uh, maybe the Crown will consider an appeal, or at least an appeal of this decision. So maybe it would be worthwhile to get a judge's, a second judge's opinion on all of this because the stakes are high. So I appreciate all the feedback on that story. All right, still to come on the program here today, following the news, as mentioned, we'll get into this uh, head transplant slash body transplant story that is both fascinating and unnerving. Pardon the pun. Creepy. Is it possible to attach somebody's head onto a donor body And have all those nerves attached, have that body functioning. So someone who is an amputee or suffers from some degenerative disease can get a whole new chance at life. Be able to walk again, move again, pick things up again, hug their loved ones again. Now, you'd have someone else's DNA, someone else's fingerprints. It does seem like something out of science fiction or something out of fiction long time ago a.k.a. Dr. Frankenstein. But uh, Sergio Canavero, this Italian neurosurgeon, is convinced that he's on the verge of success. He's convinced that he can do this. And in fact, he even has a Russian patient who has volunteered to be his first live subject. We're not at that point yet, but Dr. Canavero says he has completed essentially a practice surgery on a human corpse. We're going to hear from uh, Cardiff University neurosurgeon Dr. Dean Burnett in a few minutes here, because he's got a lot to say about all of this. How realistic is it? And should we let Canavero go ahead with this? We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.